And welcome back to the FCS Football Podcast presented to you by the Believe Podcast Network, your go-to source for the best analysis and also most entertaining FCS football podcast out there. Sean, we had this past weekend on Sunday the opportunity to watch multiple FCS guys play in the Super Bowl, which is just an amazing thing. The 49ers obviously had Jimmy Garoppolo uh, from Eastern Illinois, and then also Kyle Juszczyk from Harvard, but the winning and prevailing Kansas City Chiefs had Kalen Saunders from Western Illinois, the back-flipping defensive tackle, and then uh, Capasano from Villanova, probably one of the hardest names to say, but Hey, man, I, I feel like a lot of people just don't really give uh, FCS as much. We, I mean, we constantly say this, that they, they 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 don't give FCS as much attention as it as it should. But the amount of guys that were playing in this game, it's just proof that the, uh, the, the talent is always, always there. Yeah, it, it makes me think about um, somebody always, I think it was Coach Kennedy my junior year, he said, yeah, the NFL isn't just made up of first rounders. It is made up of mostly third to seventh round picks. So with that comes F- more FCS players, and with that comes a lot more undrafted players. And then it, it just gives you a different perspective about the NFL and what it's really made up of. I mean, obviously, a lot of the NFL players, the majority of them, aren't getting that spotlight but they are in the NFL. So if, if we're going on s- s- just makeup of it, there's plenty of FCS guys, and a lot of NFL fans just don't realize that or they don't care to. Yeah, it is frustrating, especially when you hear people refer to – and draft analysts do it all the time. Matt Miller does it from time to time too, which – Who? Matt Miller. You know who Matt oh, Miller that loser. is. Yeah, the, which bugs the crap out of me where he – People refer to FCS as Division Two. Well, it's not. It's a Division One level, and it's producing these quality prospects. And I, I just, like you said, I don't think people really fully realize that the talent is there at the FCS level. It's just a lot of these guys are late bloomers, and then once they they get to their senior year, they're primed and ready for the opportunity to keep playing. And I think the one thing that we try to do on this show that is very different than any other show is not just focusing on the FCS level, but also comparing and drawing it back to the guys that are currently in the league, those that are going to get drafted, which is just ultimately so unique because, again, there are so many freaking talented guys that come out of this level but just don't get the attention that they deserve until they actually get there and they start balling out. And it's our job to provide that. Exactly. And that's exactly what we're going to be doing today. We are unveiling the very first mini-doc interview, which was with Dayton's Adam Troutman. Now, the approach when I uh, we decided to do this is instead of having a phone call interview with him and just running it, we decided with these top guys that we were able to get a hold of and have these conversations that we could cut it up and really give you the juicy parts, the, the, the stuff that was really, really good be a little bit creative and different about our approach with it. So we, we talked to Adam Troutman, had an amazing conversation with him. He had a great week at the Senior Bowl. There is a lot of discussion before the Senior Bowl about how Troutman could work his way into the top three uh, rankings as far as a tight end in being able to be drafted. And then now after a good Senior Bowl performance, if he continues to ride that momentum into the combine there's a good shot that if he tests well he could be tight end one or tight end two 
off the board in a relatively weak tight end class. So we had the chance to hear from him and talk with him, and we're going to throw right into that interview. FCS football players don't always get the same respect as prospects coming from the SEC and the Big 12. But as we know, the FCS is still a goldmine for hidden talent. Players like Carson Wentz and Darius Leonard had immediate impacts their first years in the league. This year in 2020, who will be the next FCS stud to turn into an NFL star? This is the FCS Draft Spotlight, part of the Believe in FCS Football podcast with Joe DeLeon and Sean Anderson. Oftentimes, FCS football players can slip through the cracks. Whether it's in recruiting or for the NFL draft, FCS prospects have a tendency to go unnoticed to those evaluating talent. Well, for Dayton's Adam Troutman, he can attribute not being highly recruited to a very late growth spurt that played to his advantage. I was a late bloomer in high school, so at the end of my junior year, I was like 176 maybe. So I was a, I was a, little, I was a little quarterback too. I was a late bloomer. I mean, I jumped a lot of weight in my senior year but yeah I, I was just I was just late in the process really I think and I didn't really get many opportunities I had just a few offers to play and they're all at the FCS level yeah I think I just kind of fell through slipped through the cracks to be honest but I do I mean everyone every time I talk to you know a scout or really anyone you know like why'd you why'd you come to Dayton like what what happened and I just tell them the story, and then I tell them that I actually wouldn't change a thing for the world. I, I love it here. Big thing for me coming out of high school was finding a school that fit me, uh, obviously athletically, football-wise, and then academically and socially. And Dayton, I think, is A plus in pretty much all of that, especially at this level. So I felt I feel very comfortable with the decision I made, and like I said, I wouldn't change it for for anything. During his freshman year, Trauman came in at around 220 pounds. Now he's molded into the perfect tight end prospect, helping him garner attention from NFL talent evaluators. While it wasn't originally obvious, he started to realize early on in his college career that he had the potential to play at the next level. It was definitely always a goal of mine. I mean, to be honest, I structured my life pretty much around around football and, you know, how I eat, when I eat, how I treat my body, all that, all that kind of stuff goes into what I've always wanted to do, and that is play in the NFL and play for as long as I can until I can't really anymore. It's definitely been a dream. I mean, but it's every kid's dream. You, But I had a kind of like a realization moment, I guess you could say, after my redshirt sophomore year when I was finally up there in size and I know the way I work and how I can – I mean – I was always athletic, always catch the ball, run routes and everything, but it was the blocking aspect I really need to work on. And I knew with my, with my work ethic, just interest in wanting to be better all the time, you know, I knew I could check that box as well. And that's what I'm going to continue to do. A lot of kids feel this way. I'm sure it's, it's always playing with the mentality and having kind of like a chip on your shoulder. You know, you know, the guys who you were trying to get recruited by and in a way, I guess, force yourself on in the process. And they were just like, nah, man, you're like, you're not big enough. Uh, you're not good enough, you know, you don't play in this offense in high school, all that kind of stuff. And then obviously you can, you do fall through the cracks and fall to those FCS schools. In his first three years at Dayton, it was clear Troutman was a problem for opposing teams in the Pioneer League. For his final year, Troutman took it to another level, racking up 70 catches for 916 yards and a whopping 14 touchdowns. Troutman was unstoppable in the passing game. He acknowledged this offseason really had a lot to do with it. 
a large a large part of it was off season preparation, just being a little more focused in than than I have in the past. Not that I have ever wavered in that at all, but definitely just the attention to detail that I uh, put in the off season and just keeping my body ready. Um, I mean, a lot of that attributes to get like the little things like getting in and out of your breaks. So it's just the little bit more separation you can get. And that comes from like stuff as little as like hip mobility and stuff like that. So I spent a lot of time on that, uh, just my body tweaking certain things. But I think a lot of it too, is it comes from our offensive coordinators or offensive coordinator, both run game and pass game. Like these, I mean, we have the highest scoring offense in the entire country. So uh, that just goes to show like they, they know what they're doing, where to put me, uh, how to get matchup problems for the defense, all those kind of things. So I think it's a mix of obviously myself, but a huge part of it and a huge credit goes to uh, my offensive, our offensive coaching staff of just finding ways to get the ball out to me, ways to hide me because obviously guys are, when they go over their game plan, it's kind of like, all right, where is this kid lining up at, you know, just drawing attention to me and everything like that. But uh, the coaching staff has done a great job of hiding me and getting me mismatches in the past game. Troutman's huge offensive contribution throughout his career is a main reason for what earned him the attention of NFL teams. But in terms of his style of play, he also prides himself in being a great blocker. Uh, I'd say uh, very balanced in that I can I can do everything. I think the modern tight ends asked, whether it be splitting out um, as a single in the slot, an off tight end, in line, hand in the dirt all the time. So I think I think that's a huge strength of mine is I can be in line and split out, uh, use my athleticism to create mismatches and use my speed to run by people. And in the run game, I'm obviously always working on technique and that's going to be continuous throughout the rest of the time I'm playing football. But, you know, I think I'm physical and uh, really get after people and I'm very relentless in the run game. So that's how I describe my, my game. I do think that I'm a better pass catcher and route runner right now than a blocker, but I've progressed immensely in the run game. And I think it shows up on film, putting guys on the ground, putting them on their back, uh, just going after people. And it's definitely, uh, I mean, I, I love, I love being in the run game and being counted on to uh, spring big runs at the point of attack and everything like that. Trowman also excelled in the classroom as an electrical engineering major. While grades were always important to him, his love for the game is what is motivating him to reach the NFL. To be honest, the, I have guys ask me, scouts ask me, like, hey, man, like, you have this GPA, you're an electrical engineer, blah, blah, blah. They're like, why do you need this? And that's what, I mean, that's why I tell them, I was like, I've never really thought of doing anything other than playing football for as long as I can. And I just pitch that, you know, I'm super relentless. You know, I love the game. I I would rather, like, this is what I want to do. And I don't want to be doing anything else. I don't want to be sitting at a desk. I don't want to do any of that. And I, I, it's just, I think that's what carries you, especially the next level and can put you a tier ahead or ahead of some other people is just loving the game. Because when you get there, you know, everyone's supremely talented and everything like that. But it's like that, those little extra effort guys and uh, relentless players that can get it done and stay around for a while. With his college career done, his next step is proving himself with the big dogs at the Reese's Senior Bowl, which featured a unique invite from director of scouting Jim Nagy. It just, I mean, to me, it's all about the Senior Bowl and kind of getting out there and being like, all right, check the box of, okay, he wasn't just dominating these little, you know, the smaller school kids, but he can do it at this level as well. And I mean, that's what I plan to prove throughout the whole 
pre-draft process. I was very surprised at how I got it with uh, with Jim Nagy coming to school to give it to me. And I want you guys to know that people have noticed Adam Troutman. Because, Adam, stand up. What? Come here. I want Adam to know this is his invitation to the senior bowl. That was really, really cool. Um, that was an awesome, awesome experience being able to do it and, you know, in front of your teammates, the guys that have helped you grow and in front of your coaches, the guys who have helped you get to where you're at. And so that was that was definitely special. I was surprised by that, but I did, to be honest, kind of anticipate getting in at some point. Just not, I just didn't know when. Well, that was just great stuff from Adam Troutman. And before we get to our little recap and analysis here of that and him, I would like to tell the FCS listeners about Manscaped Lawnmower 3.0 Launch. This is your public service announcement brought to you by us. After more than 18 months of research and development, the Manscaped engineering team has confirmed that they have successfully created the greatest ball hair trimmer ever. The new trimmer was just released only weeks ago, and we are the first to be able to confirm the new and improved Lawnmower 3.0. This thing is an absolute beast. Anything that you could imagine of improving that area of your personal manscaping, it can do. You get 20% off, everybody. And free shipping with the code BELIEVE, spelled B-L-E-A-V, at manscaped.com. That is 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use code BELIEVE. And as always, your balls will thank you for making this choice. It's funny how Sean and I have both said to each other, we've actually considered buying the, uh, the the lawnmower because it's just it's an amazing product. But we won't dwell too much on that because we want to continue to talk about Adam Troutman here. And I think just from the the interview and having the chance to talk with him. One of the key things is obviously that he's very talented. He's, he's a big athletic tight end that, that really filled into his body and put in the work in his time at the pioneer leagues, uh, Dayton. But I, I think one thing that people don't realize until you actually talk to him that scouts know a little bit more of is the fact that he's, he's so smart. He's got a great head on his shoulders. He's very, very personable and easy to talk to, but he was an electrical engineering major at Dayton. I think that that's something that is incredibly underrated uh, as a prospect, that you have somebody that is that smart, that is that calculated, and there's obviously no direct correlation to have that in NFL success, but I, I think that that's a huge underrated positive of his, that he's, he's so smart, and having that intelligence and being able to pick up things quickly is how that really relates to the game is, is a huge, huge advantage as a tight end. I... I... I would say that there are more communications and business majors in the NFL than there are electrical engineering majors. <laughs> and those little things that stick out, that that's something that can definitely stick out to an NFL coach or a scout that says, hey, you're disciplined on the field, but you're also disciplined in the classroom. That means you're a pretty well-rounded individual. You're not somebody that, foot, that, that will, will take off and slack off a little bit in other aspects of their life where your entire life is surrounded around becoming a 
at the top of your game, whether it is in the classroom or on the field. And that well-roundedness is always a characteristic that not only NFL play, uh, scouts and teams are looking for, but just people in general. So that's a very alluring uh, quality to have. It, it also kind of compares that level of intelligence. I think a really good example is Josh Dobbs, who was previously at Tennessee's now with the Jacksonville Jaguars. I, I, yeah, he, Everyone was talking about how he's going to be this next Dak Prescott quality guy. Didn't really shape out to be that, but during his draft process, I think you and I can both agree that his biggest positive that people were discussing were, was how smart he was because he was a, a, a rocket um, science and uh, major, I believe, was what it was. Like, if you're that intelligent, that is a huge positive because, I mean, let's be realistic, not everybody that makes it to the league has that level of attention to detail, has that level of intelligence that they can use that to their to their advantage. It's really some guys are just football smarts and they're not intuitive and can't think on the fly. Yeah. No, it's it's just that you see, the more that you learn about Troutman, the more you learn about how he is just a really, really strong prospect for the next level. Now, Troutman is listed at 6'6", 253, huge, huge tight end. And they used him in so many different ways at Dayton. He was really the primary offensive focal point for them at times. And you can see that in his production and how many yards and how many receptions he was able to have at Dayton. Understandably, he was playing against some smaller school guys, but I really don't think that should be much of a knock on him because of when you actually go and sit and watch the tape, he's explosive, he's quick, he's a decent blocker, but his biggest threat is that as a receiver and and making these big plays. Just, you know, despite being 6'6", 253, that's this what the size of uh you know, a, a shorter power forward. He, he's got some good wiggle to him. He can move. He, he He's not just catch the ball straight head forward and, and lower the shoulder. And we saw that also during the senior ball as he was able to make some catches and, and, and get upfield. And I also did think he blocked decently well, too, from his performance in the senior ball. I think everybody can realize that he is his primary role will be as a a pass catcher and more leaning towards a vertical threat not a fred davis vernon davis type vertical threat but a a a a receiving tight end but he can block and it's just if he had i don't know 10 more pounds or or when he gets to the nfl they'll they'll coach him up on blocking uh, even better than they did at dayton but when you're when you're going to draft this guy you draft him on the positives that you see on his receiving end of the uh, end of the offensive uh ball and I think, too, the one thing you just hinted on there is his, his, his frame. And sometimes we'll see these guys that are 250 or so, and their frame's really maxed out, so that really hinders their ability to be put on extra weight, be more explosive. And in some cases, when they get too heavy, they can't move as well. But if you look at Troutman on tape, and I'm sure that his focus right now is adding some extra weight, he can put on a little bit of extra muscle and, and, and still have room in his frame, which I think is a very underrated thing when you talk about draft prospects is being able to add that extra weight, being able to add that extra impact, even though they're already on the bigger side. And and some of the better tight ends in the NFL right now are pushing 260, but can still move very, very well. I, I'm curious to see what he's going to run at the combine. And that's going to be a real influencer of, of how his draft stock goes. But in terms of a comparison on what he looks like, Sean. I really liked the the comparison that you came up with. Yeah, uh, when I was watching this tape on Troutman, 
I was trying to put my finger on it with the NFL tight ends that I had seen a lot of. And it, modern right now, I'm sure there are a couple guys that really that, that he could remind you of. Uh, but for me, the one that stuck out was a Bears Greg Olson. And that means it, it's a little bit of a pull. Um, but he has athletic build, a noticeably, noticeably bigger lower half than upper half. Uh, and really long arms and good hands. I mean, there was a catch that Trauma made right in the back of the end zone, full extension, grabbed it with the, just extended his arms past where you thought he could even get the ball. And then I'm watching this Greg Olson film, and he makes the exact same catch, and it's just a spitting image uh, of each other. And it, it, it looks like Greg Olson put on – it looks like Adam Troutman could look exactly like Greg Olson – uh, in his time with the Bears after a year or two in a professional program. It just, I can see that transformation really clearly. And I was saying this to you before the show, and I, you know, I agreed with what you responded to me with, but the reoccurring comp that I've seen for Troutman is George Kittle because if he gets up to that weight and he's the same size as Kittle, Kittle's very explosive, he's a good blocker, He's quick. He runs his routes very efficiently. But I, I do very much agree with you that I think that, that that younger Greg Olson comp is very, very good because that was when he was playing early on his, in his career. You, there was a noticeable, almost reckless abandonment, just wanting to get the ball, wanting to make plays, wanting to be dominant. And he was really a, a very good young tight end in the league out of Miami. And if he can come up and play at that same level and, and, like you said, get up to that same size, his frame, his length, his ability to play the ball, all of those things are going to just continue to add to why he might be deserving of being that number one tight end in this class. A lot of people are saying right now that this tight end class is on the weaker side over the past few years. Definitely does not compare to last year where we had TJ Hawkinson and also Noah Fant go in the first round, both from Iowa. So that really opens up the door for Troutman in this situation, where there's a little bit of uncertainties from some of these underclassmen guys. You know, Cole Komet from Notre Dame. Uh, there's really no clear indication they're all in that second-round range. If Troutman goes out and looks really good, especially in those receiving drills at the Combine, which is coming up in about a month or so, that's, that's really going to increase his draft stock. I think it will, too. I think people need to also understand that he's never going to be one of those broad Kyle Rudolph tight ends uh, where he's just he's just a huge back. I mean, he's his frame is his frame, and NFL, it's it's very desirable for the NFL. Uh, so they just have, he has to find that right, the right fit uh, for him, uh, for him to really uh, excel. Yeah, and I, I think it's also worth, worth pointing out that I don't think he has that same level of hype as Adam Shaheen did that's now on the Chicago Bears. I think that was very different because everyone was talking about uh, how Shaheen was this really tall, fast, quick tight end that just didn't have the opportunity to play at the big level. I, I think that he was a lot more raw than Troutman is right now. I think that, that one of the other things, too, that gives Troutman an advantage is how not how polished he is right now, but how far along he is compared to some some of these other tight ends that come into the league, especially from 
the FCS level. Well, that's going to be it from us, folks. Thank you for tuning in. As always, be, for, be sure to follow us on social media. You can follow me at Joe DeLeon, and you can follow Sean at what, – what's the Twitter handle right now, Sean? Sean Anderson 65 Okay. i uh, still still trying to get a, a different one, or are you sticking with uh, that? It's just, I, I like that Eric Davis is facing the same challenges that I am <laughs> with the Twitter handles. It makes me happy. You'd think that Twitter would be better about the. I, I we we talk about this too much, but I I really wish Twitter was better about it because you deservedly should have a, a better Twitter handle. Um, well, thank thank you. Uh, also, be sure to follow Believe Podcasts at B L E A V Podcasts on Twitter and Instagram. Also, be sure to rate and subscribe wherever you're listening to us. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Spotify, you name it. We are there. And if you still can't find us, we are on Art19 and also Believe.com, spelled B-L-E-A-V.com, where there's a number, I believe the number is over 190 now, of other amazing shows. The reputation of Believe is incredible. They were just recently on Radio Row at the Super Bowl more big things to come from the network. But thank you for tuning in as always, folks. And stay tuned for our next show later on in the week. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.